I'm JG Michael, and this is Parallax Views. Hello, this is Mike Swanson. In a few moments, you're going to listen to another segment of Parallax Views. But before you do that, let me tell you about my new book, Why the Vietnam War. It's a sequel to my previous book called The War State, which has lots of positive reviews and Amazon's been out for years. But this one is a more detailed case study of how American Empire National Security State operate using Vietnam. And I believe it shows also how things work today, how policy is actually made and why. So grab the book on Amazon.com, Why the Vietnam War. Producers credits for this edition of Parallax Views. Mark, Arlen, Spartacus, Gunner, Ed, Gratz, James, Mickey, Galen, Brian, The War Nerd, The 42 Group, Nick, Emilia, Chase, Chris, Orc, Justin, Black Tuna, Nathan, David, Holland, Martin, Stu, Jeffrey, Thomas, Fabian, Elliot, Colin, Michael, Matthew Ho, Brace, and The Mayor, Framework, M-E-E-R, Framework. If you'd like your very own producer's credit on each and every edition of Parallax Views, consider joining those listeners at the $10 tier or above at patreon.com slash parallaxviews. Again, that's patreon.com slash parallaxviews. And now, on to the show. Hey there, Parallax Views listeners. On this edition of the program, we're going to be speaking with William Ramsey, host of William Ramsey Investigates and author of Global Death Cult, The Order of Nine Angles, Adam Waffen, and the Slaughter of the Innocents, which details a strange subsect of neo-Nazis with a peculiar interest in Satanism. It sounds like it could be something straight out of a horror movie, and William Ramsey joins us to unravel this bizarre story. So, without further ado, William Ramsey, author of Global Death Cult, The Order of Nine Angles, Adam Waffen, and The Slaughter of the Innocents. Welcome to Parallax Views. William Ramsey, host of William Ramsey Investigates, a really interesting podcast, and also author of the book Global Death Cult, which gets into the strange history and uh, works of the figure David Myatt and his sort of satanic neo-Nazi cult uh, the Order of Nine Angles, as well as uh, sort of associated far-right groups such as the Adam Waffen SS, I believe they're called. And it's uh, a crazy story, folks. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you, Gigi. So I know we were talking about this a little bit off here, but maybe you could tell my listeners how you got uh, into this topic of the Order of Nine Angles and these associated I would say, satanic neo-Nazi groups. I think it was kind of my background. I had done a book, Prophet of Evil was my first book that I wrote in 2010, which was about Aleister Crowley. So I was kind of interested at that time in kind of the occult. He's probably one of the foremost occultists recorded history or modern history. So I kind of was 
you know, I had been researching that stuff and I, I'd written about Crowley Children of the Beast and some of these other kind of occult related themes. I'd gone into this uh, phenomenon known as the Smiley Face Killers. And it was during that research, somebody reached out to me. It was in August of 20, uh, 2020 and told me about this group, the ONA, which I didn't know much about. I'd heard stuff about it on some kind of other boards, maybe conspiratorial boards, but I hadn't really known much about the actual inner workings or anything really more than a surface understanding. So he was telling me about it, but he had told me they had this kind of idea which differentiated them from other occult groups, which was this idea of calling. And so when I, when I, and it was kind of like a secret, you're supposed to have a secret calling. So that led me to really want to look into the kind of core documents and the core philosophy of this group. And uh, that's kind of was the genesis of really how the beginnings of this book started, which I published in May, 2021, titled Global Death Cult, Order of Nine Angles, Adam Waffen and the Slaughter of the Innocents. So getting into the origins of this group, the Order of Nine Angles, I guess what's interesting is they've actually been around for quite some time, but I think it's only in recent years that they've really uh, come under the radar, so to speak, there's been a lot of news coverage, uh, even in places like the Daily Beast, uh, talking about them as a terrorist organization. So why is there that sort of gap there where I think, you know, uh, we've heard more about them in recent years, but really the, the origins don't get covered as much? Yeah, that's true. I think that's a great question, and it's a very good point. And I think that they were really intent on kind of a secrecy from the beginnings, their origins, which began early 80s. David Mide comes out of the far right in the UK, who's also, he has an interest in national socialism as well as a cult. And so- He, was they, all, he also was a jihadist for a while, I believe, or-, or right, yeah. that, right, that gets kind of in his later thing. So he's gone through different permutations. He's actually in a monastery, a, a Catholic monastery for 18 months after being a neo-Nazi. So you see these kind of odd surface variants that don't quite fit together, but if you understand the core doctrines and the insight rules that are within what's encapsulated within the ONA ideology, it makes sense. But that's really where it started. But I think one of the reasons why it kind of caught my, uh, you know, sensibilities was also at that time in 2020, there was a lot of cases that had popped out. So there was a guy named Ethan Meltzer who tried to set up his military group and, and actually they were going to Turkey. He was in con con connection or contact with somebody from the ONA. Then I followed a murder of an innocent man in front of a mosque that took place in Toronto. And the person who did that, his name was William Von Nudigem. And he was clearly involved in the ONA in one way or another. He, you can actually go to his YouTube channel, which hasn't been taken down yet. And you can hear him doing an ONA chant, which is, was inspired by Myatt's time in a Catholic monastery. So I think that just somebody telling me about the ONA, it wasn't just that, it was just that all these individual cases that were taking place in different jurisdictions in different countries were really happening at the time, as well as the growth of these kind of far-right groups through the internet, Adam Waff and Sonic Creek Division, Fewer Creek Division, which I include in the chapter of my book. So because all that was happening, then that kind of really said, hey, there's something really peculiar happening with these groups that's unique, really kind of almost in human history where they're in contact with each other and very easy contact with the advent of the internet. And I think that's really how the ONA went from a small 
kind of uh, elitist, elitist occult group out of England and expanded all of their ideology all over the world. Because it really was, in the beginning, Maya, you'll tell, I mean, at least in his writing, you can see that he's sending stuff off like he was printing things up from his printer and doing bindings and sending them through P.O. boxes. And that was really original. But I think with the growth of the internet in the 90s, it really disseminated those ideas and they were picked up. And really I show in my book and other, there's other researchers as well who I mentioned in my book who show that the ONA's ideology has bled over or been seeded through uh, some of these new far-right groups such as Adam Waffen here in the United States. So I wanna get into the, the origins of the ONA and more importantly uh, for listeners that are unfamiliar uh, who David Maya is. Uh, but, but before we do that, do you think that another reason a lot of this has come to light is, I mean, there, there's various anarchist groups and, and uh, you know, uh, sort of decentralized media collectives like Unicorn Riot that have been doing work on uh, leaking materials uh, yes. related to the far right. So the, the Iron March leaks was a big one. People can look that up. Do you think that's another reason that more information has come out about these different groups? I think so. And I've actually used, when I was doing my research into my book, Unicorn Riot, there were also lots of posting on Kiwi Farms, which is a posting thing, some old stuff on 4chan. And clearly, you know, the more left groups, anti-fascist groups were following a lot of these guys in different groups. One was called The Base and Adam Waffen. So they're keeping tabs on them. And actually, the opposite was happening. The Base actually at one point, which is kind of an offshoot, was attempting to I think it was to commit a felony was going to kill one member of the anti-fascists. So I think that there is an opposition and an information collecting thing. And I saw that when I was doing the research. So I think that's one thing. I think really what caught my eye, though, was the violence of the group because there were deaths associated with. And it's a, I think it's a central principle of the ONA is that you kind of go through deaths to for an evolutionary purpose. So there were two to the core found, found members of Adam Waffen were shot by another Adam Waffen member, a guy who was kind of a porch Adam Waffen member, Giampa in uh, Virginia, killed his girlfriend's parents. And then there was a killing of a guy by the name of Blaze Bernstein, who was 20 years old at the time, by an unknown Adam Waffen member by the name of Woodward. And so these uh, were happening. So that was really kind of my attraction. Woodward actually hasn't even been tried and sentenced because of COVID. And I think that's the same thing with Von Nudigen, who I mentioned. So I do think that that was kind of one of the things that it was actually, these were really cropping up. These violent deaths were happening 2018, 2019, 2020. So give us an idea of who this character David Maya is, because he has gone from, you know, being a guy in, in Combat 18, and we can get into that, uh, you know, playing around with jihadism. Now he's doing this hippie thing, but he was also doing the, satanic neo-nazi thing he's a very strange uh, i would say almost uh chameleon like in his public persona type character i would agree with that too he's from the uk he was his father was involved in the foreign service so growing up he was exposed to kind of uh international travel he spent time in singapore and i think that he was kind of a unique well he's different than the standard national socialist is he had kind of a higher maybe IQ or interested in literary issues and was reading a very well read. And I think that, that that was kind of what set him apart from the far right movement, which at one point, I think national action was able in one vote to get about 11 or 12% of the vote of the UK at one time. 
But I think that he was exposed to a lot of different things. There, some of the early literature actually mentions Aleister Crowley. So he was actually kind of part of an OTO group or associated with an OTO group in London at one time. But uh, he also was, a, I mean, he had strange things. At one time he was a cat burglar up in north, uh, in northern part of the UK. So he was stealing things and fencing things. He had been in and out of jail. But I think he was always attracted to the values of National Socialism. And one of his more, one of the things that he prized, and I mentioned in my book, was a signed picture from Otto Reamer. So people who are aware of World War II history would know that Reamer was kind of an essential part of the, of the Nazis who prevented the overthrow of Hitler in 1944, what's known as the Valkyrie event. Reamer, without Reamer kind of stalling that, and Reamer was involved in post-war kind of fascist politics, and just like, uh, just like Maya. So Maya was associated with that. You mentioned Combat 18, which was a Gladio Stay Behind group, and he was very well networked. There were these other characters who were Nazis in the UK that he associated with, but I think what differentiated him is that at the same time he was kind of studying National Socialism, he was studying the occult, practicing the occult. He said that he had a relationship with some kind of old Wiccan witch group that went back in time. A lot of these things can't be verified, but he supposedly brought in some of this kind of uh, witchcraft into the kind of sensibilities of what he put together as the Order of Nine Angles. Uh, but yeah, he was kind of an interesting character, and uh, I think that he was well-read. So he was constantly uh, pamphleteering and writing, and actually... The beginnings of the Yolanda were just three-page missives. So he would write on a subject, but those three-page missives would be compiled together into 15 pages, then 30, and then into like the core sensible, you know, the core documents, which I think are encapsulated now in a book called The Sinister Tradition, which you can see there's tons of like online stuff that researchers into the far right have seen that these guys in Adam Waffen have the sinister tradition. There was actually, like you mentioned, the Daily Beast, there was a fight within Adam Waffen between kind of standard national socialists and this national socialist who wanted to incorporate occult ideas. But going back to Myatt, he spent time, he had this kind of concept of an insight role where you're supposed to infiltrate groups and learn from them and also uh, kind of inculcate ONA ideas into them. <clears throat> One of the things that he did as an insight role was, like I said, join a Catholic monastery in the Midlands, I believe, in, in the UK. And then later on in his life, maybe in his 50s, he became a radical jihadi. He became an, a member of uh, the farthest right kind of traditionalist Islamic group and changed his name. But it's still, you can kind of see that his sensibilities were still to foment chaos, accelerationism, but just from a different angle. And so that outer trappings of these different doctrines, the internal sensibility, in my opinion, is still there of the LNA. And I think that's what he's really doing. So I want to ask this, when it comes to Maya and his, his background, you know, the, the Catholic monastery stuff, the, the, the talk about his IQ, um, how much of, for me, Maya is such a weird character because his, his whole sort of persona itself seems like a hall of mirrors at times. So what do we know for certain about Maya and what is more speculative or 
potentially sort of him seeding what he wants people to see him as? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, some people have said that he's a front for kind of uh, Intel organization or some type of like, you know, trapping younger people. But I think that he really was a person who was committed to the National Socialist ideas. And that's his real name is my um, we know that he, I think, went to university in Hull. So he had some exposure to university. I think he received a stipend from his dad. I think he was an only child. So that allowed him maybe some additional time that he didn't have to work, uh, where he could commit it to writing. But, you know, there's, there is some mystery there, whether he dropped out. They've all made statements that they gave up on the ONA. So you can go through different outer, what they call, I think, outer heads of the ONA and say, oh, I reject everything. However, there's elements that <clears throat> would, and there's, there's some ideas, there's some people have stated that these guys are still involved and still talking. It's just some way to, uh, you know, didn't obfuscate and deny. We talked about it. it's the Labyrinthos Mythologicus. And I have a certain, just one chapter in my book where I go through all these kind of unique concepts that he integrated into the ONA. And one of them is this idea of Labyrinthos Mythologicus, where you kind of create this labyrinth for the outside world that makes them difficult to, for the outsiders to really understand what they're doing. So I think that's one of the complexities of the ONA is like, what do they really mean? What are the real connections? I know that they use in PGP encryption to communicate. So there's definitely an element of secrecy and they have different ideas in there. So one is called trenching where you literally don't tell anybody you're an ONA member and you actually try to become like just a standard member of society so nobody would ever know. So you don't wear any external, you know, jewelry or get tattoos or anything like that. So uh, overall, my, my is kind of a, a curious, curious figure. Well, it's interesting too, because I mean, there's always this uh, sort of debate or not even a debate. I think everyone knows that David Myatt uh, founded the, the Order of Nine Angles. And yet, you know, the Order of Nine Angles people will say, no, it wasn't David Myatt. And I guess there's this pseudonym of, of Anton Long. Okay. So explain right. that to my listeners. So he used, he used pseudonyms and uh, one is Anton Long who he denied. But I show kind of in his satanic letters, which in a, another section of my book, that he was in contact with some, actually one is a, still alive today, a far right guy in New Zealand. And I think that's very timely. I think it's very important to understand that some of these connections still exist to the present day. So if you remember the Christchurch shootings that happened in New Zealand, where a bunch of innocent Muslims were murdered, just that guy was just sentenced within the last year. But there was a guy by the name of Kerry Thornley, who is a far right kind of intellectual who writes different books. He's in contact with David Myatt. And David Myatt is also in contact with uh, Michael Aquino. And there's the satanic letters where they're being written between, and this goes into that question that you ask is this kind of secrecy around Myatt. But those letters, in those letters, whoever Anton Long is, is differentiating the ONA from the Temple of Set, which was an offshoot of the Temple of Satan. And he's making these statements, but really what he's saying is the distinguishing is, is that the ONA has uh, more propensity to kill innocent people than you. And you're, pra you're kind of uh, posers is kind of how Mayat slash Long comes across. 
Real, real quickly, you said, I, I, I just want to make sure you weren't talking about someone. You said Carrie Thornley. Did you mean I, Carrie Bolton or? Carrie Bort Bolton, sorry. Wrong okay, person. I, I just want, no, I, I wanted to make I sure. Bolton is also okay. a very uh, far-right character, and, and if people want, they can wiki that, but go on. Okay, I think if you're right. Carrie Thornley is a different character. I think he, Thornley was involved in JFK, right? So yeah, I think yeah. Carrie Bolton is out of New Zealand. Sorry, my mistake. So anyway, in this in this kind of interplay, and I think it's an important thing of establishing who Myatt was, is that the guys from the Temple of Set say, we've met the same person who you say is a different person, but it's you. Like you've, got, you've met one of our Temple of Set people as... Uh, as, as Anton Long, and you've met us as, as Myatt. So we know you're the same person. And in, in Myatt's response is, well, I have to keep the pseudonym to differentiate or separate my occult life from my other life. So he doesn't really deny it. So I think in my conclusion, after reading all this stuff, Long is Myatt. And uh, there may be another fake name in there that I don't remember offhand that Myatt used. So <clears throat> that's just another way that they kind of cleverly kept it. And there's also within the far right and even in the States is they will morph and, and still be the same people, but to have a new group after something goes bad. So there were the kind of infamous London nail bombings that happened in 1998, I believe. And everybody in, in the UK knows about that. But that guy was part of the NSM, National Socialist Movement, which was headed by uh, Myatt at the time. And he, it was a really terrible event. Like kids got nails in their head. People had their um, legs chopped off and three separate bombings in the UK. And uh, so, <clears throat> so you see this kind of slaughter of the innocence theme, I think is pervades my book. And that's kind of why I included it in the title. But yeah, Myatt is pretty cagey. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned um, the Temple of Set as well, because uh you know, I, I haven't ever gotten into the, the questions of Aquino and the Presidio daycare scandal and all that. But I, I do know that any reading of Aquino, I mean, he's also very involved in this sort of right. far, right, far right ideology. Yeah. Right. But he's also has kind of a Nazi fetishization. So yeah. there's pictures of him with SS knives. So you see that kind of a, and really we can get into the foundation of Nazism far-right occultism because there's a lot in there with Hitler and a lot of their themes and things like that. Uh, but yeah, you can, I think it's important to understand that the far-right kind of does have a thing for kind of the Nazis. Like, and you can see that in, in this, these types of uh, groups and their ideas. Yeah. So what would you, how would you describe the, the core ideology of the order of nine angles? I mean, I think people are getting hints in this conversation <clears throat> of what's at work there, but like summing it all up. I think if you looked at their things, what differentiates themselves is that there's a seven-step system. They call it the septenary way. So he might was a very kind of, uh, he, he would typify it as an anti-Nazarene. So I think in his word, the Nazarene encompasses Jewish and Christian or ideas. And he had this kind of real kind of Anglo-Saxon view. So he did not want to use like, maybe other cultists would use the Kabbalah. He didn't want that. So he created a septenary way based upon the tree of word. You're supposed to go up to seventh level, but I think at level four, you're supposed to test and sacrifice somebody they call an offer. It's a German word for sacrifice. So you're supposed to go through the selection process. 
So if anybody's a really rigid member of the ONA and following the September way and they're high up, that means they've secretly killed somebody, gotten away with it and shown it to somebody higher up in the ONA. So I think that's really what distinguishes them is really, and I think it's through the writings and you can see it in their writings and through what Mayad and Long has written that they believe in human sacrifice, but not maybe as the way you would see it, whereas they believe in doing it secretly. And I think that's the what distinguishes them and what makes them nastier from the OTO, Temple of Set, Temple of say, uh, Church of Satan, Satanic Temple. Those guys would never admit that in public if they were doing that. But I think that that's what's the core idea. And I think also that there's a higher level of intellectualism and intelligence in the writings of the ONA, that even Crowley's kind of like, he had a, tons of jargon coming from Greek and um, maybe Egyptian stuff and, and masonry. But this is like, the intelligence is definitely kind of like a Magus level, like maybe Crowley was, I think. So I think that's kind of differentiates ONA in mind from maybe somebody's kind of uh, circus-like or clownish kind of like uh, Anton LaVey. So you, you would say these people aren't just, uh, you know, I think a lot of occultists can be sort of carny characters. The, these guys are, are serious about, you know, their, their sort of right-wing uh, neo-Nazi yeah. beliefs and, and Satanism. I think so. I think that, I mean, at least in their writing. So I, I, would, I could never get into a position where I could actually interview somebody like this but if they're writing, if somebody is like a doctrinaire uh, follower of the ONA, they're very dangerous people, I think. And you can read it. And I actually include, they have kind of a learning literature. Maybe it would be like Aesop's Fable, where it's a fake story, but you're teaching things. And in those kind of stories, and I include some of them in the book, it's like, you're knowing, you're getting on your, your motorcycle, you're going to another city where you're anonymous. You're doing horrible things to people and you're getting away with it. And that's your goal. And actually, it's very interesting. And why I updated the book recently is there was a case in uh, the UK. His name was Daniel Hussein, D-A-N-Y-A-L, kind of a curious spelling. But he had literature. He was part of something called Balg, Become a Living God, that was headed by a guy whose his name is fake, E.A. Quedding, who's written stuff for the ONA in a Nexian that comes out of South Carolina called the Temple of Blood. So he has, according to one journalist, Daniel D. Simone, who's an excellent journalist, highly recommend, works for the BBC. And this is the international aspect of it too, but E.A. Kowetting wrote satanic literature for the Temple of Blood, inspired this guy to make a blood pact. Daniel Hussein probably spawned this. There's a lot of Spurg kind of spectrum uh, Asperger stuff going on. But ask this guy, he wrote its thing, and you can see it. If you look up Daniel Hussein, um, he made a blood pact, went out to a park in northwestern London and stabbed to death two women in the middle of the night and said that in his blood pact with this demon, he said, I'm going to kill and get away with it. <clears throat> and he's gotten the kind of moniker, the lottery killer, because he was doing this evil deed uh, to get the beneficence of the, of the demon to win the lottery and... Uh, he actually just got convicted. He hasn't been sentenced yet because I think the court in the UK is too confused about how culpable he was in the crime. But I think it just shows that some of these ideas, you just need one person, you know, one in a thousand, one in 10,000. And Daniel Hussein was it. 
but uh, he actually acted on stuff I think that was influenced by the ONA documents here. So then we mentioned Adam Waffen. How did how did groups like Adam Waffen tie into this? Because there, there's a, a big connection there. Right. So Adam Waffen really is a fairly recent group, 2015, right? So they came out of, and the guy actually went to jail, Clint, uh, what's his last name now? I can't remember. Russell. His last name is Russell. He actually has been in jail and got out. They started 2015, very hard right, uh, racist, uh, white supremacy group. And they had kind well, of I think a their very... name means like what nuclear bomb in right. in uh, German. Yeah, <clears throat> correct. So he Russell had an interest in kind of uh, science. There was he was on a YouTube channel out of Florida at one point doing science experiments, but he went far right and uh, really started this group himself. But he was in contact with some guys through these boards. Uh, they used to have a thing called Iron March, which was kind of a fascist meeting group and he was in on that so he somehow got this idea and he had his own insignia that is the kind of view of the nuclear bomb three sides so um he he started in 2015 and started growing really kind of a small group but through this internet he just grew and grew i don't think they had over 250 or 300 members but they had that same kind of nihilism aggressiveness and uh you know, uh, Naziistic kind of outlook that Adam uh, ONA. It's hard to really ascertain at the beginning, at least for me, maybe somebody else knows at the beginning how much of the ONA influenced Adam often, but in time it clearly did. And so all these other members, you can see online, there's been other researchers. One guy's name is Nate Thayer, T H A Y E R, if you want to check out his uh, social media. He just shows all these guys in Adam often with the sinister tradition or talking about the ONA. Um, so that group kind of got, he went to jail. He, there was, like I said earlier, there was two murders that happened in Tampa. He was involved in that. He actually fled the scene and traveled. I think he was caught on one of the, uh, keys. And when the police caught him, he was, there was an APB. When the police caught him, they thought they had, a, they had stopped a mass shooting because in the car of him and this other guy he was with. Uh, they had enough weaponry and, and ammo to, you know, commit a mass shooting. So the cops were like freaked out. He ends up getting busted. He's starting, he was tinkering around with kind of higher level explosives. And that's what they charged him and, and convicted him of. So he only had a five-year sentence. He's probably out. I don't even know what he's up to these days. He's somewhere probably in Florida is what they said, <clears throat> but he's already been out of jail and, um, so the Adam Waffen kind of morphed. Once he went to jail, there were other people who stepped in to take over the leadership. And one was an outright kind of Satanist uh, Nazi, literally, I think his name. And he had kind of a connection under a fake name, Snyder, with uh, Richard Spencer, supposedly, according to that. So there was actually- They've had like major splintering because of this, right? right. The, the yeah. Satanist factions within yeah. Adam Waffen and the other factions huge splintering lots of arguments uh then they had they started doing the swatting campaign this guy did um denton was his name and they had a they did crazy stuff they were swatting the head of the dhs under trump her name was uh not cinema i can't remember it offhand she had kind of a like a norwegian last name but they were swatting you know what swatting is like you call the cops and say something terrible is happening at this restaurant or right just to cause trouble for them yeah cause trouble so the cops would show up thinking like there's a murder suicide 
but they were doing it all over. So they had 137 people who they swatted according to the, the government documents. And it was just recently wrapped up. A lot of these guys just got sentenced this year, maybe within the last three or four months. Denton's got a five-year sentence. And a lot of these guys got wrapped up and there was a huge kerfuffle within the far-right community because they were saying that this guy who was part of the Temple of Blood, right? This is, and we can go, but the people don't know, but the way that ONA is supposed to spread in offshoots is little cells that they call internally Nexians. And one of those Nexians was in South Carolina <clears throat> and headed by a guy who people said, hey, this guy has some kind of federal you know, connection or something like that. And then they that was pretty much confirmed within the last six months that he really wasn't informant because he informed on all these other Adam Waffen members and a lot of them pled guilty. So uh, there was like so that's why I really upgraded my book is that there was so much that just happened recently. A lot of these guys went to jail, Adam Waffen. And uh, yeah, I've got one of the, the journalists name is Ali Winter, A-L-I-W-I-N-T-E-R. And he basically said that the government because there was so much money going to this informant, it was like $160,000 that the government was actually behind or the FBI was in, involved in supporting this, this crazy, you know, Temple of Blood Nexium offshoot. So I included that in my book too. And uh, so, so that's kind of a little short history of Adam Waffen. Well, I, so I want to get into the background on Adam Waffen because I think there's a connection there to you're going to have to explain this to my audience, but there's this whole sort of connection to a previous iteration of neo-Nazis led by a man by the name of, I think, James Mason, who is a big fan of Charles Manson, like an acolyte, essentially. How does that tie into all of this? Well, it is pretty strange. So they not only were some of these guys influenced by the ONA, but the American version of the Nazi movement was George Lincoln Rockwell. And he ended up getting shot in Northern Virginia at a certain point, but somebody who was involved with Rockwell, uh, I think in the early eighties was a guy by the name of James Mason. And he had these missives that he put together and they almost kind of like the ONA, strangely, he had little missives and then they became compiled into a book that he called Siege. And that was another kind of core document. And these guys would kind of almost, the Adam Waffen members would make like a Hajj or some kind of pilgrimage to find this guy, James Mason, who was like a Kmart manager in Denver, Colorado. So there's tons of pictures with him. It's actually pretty disturbing because uh, one of the guys, Woodward, who I mentioned earlier, who killed Blaze Bernstein in Orange County, there's a picture of him in Mason. There's a picture of Denton in Mason. And these guys, re some of these Adam Waffen members kind of... Uh, <clears throat> re-edited his book. So I think it's, Siege is now in the third edition and Denton did the third edition. But what James Mason- And that, that's released, this is like an odd tidbit, but I think Siege got released by, uh, or published by Michael Moynihan, who's really well known for being involved in writing about black metal. He wrote the book, Lords of Chaos. So there's all these weird connections. They are. And they love this guy, Varg Virknes, who was a black metal guy out of Norway who killed somebody. So they have kind of like a weird hero thing. They like this guy, the Bull Patrol, who is uh, the guy who went into a church in South Carolina. What's his name? 
Um, he killed like nine black African-American people in church. I can't remember it off the top of my head. So they have kind of a weird thing, but I think that's an important thing is these. D- James Dylan Dave, Roof, by the way, Dylan was the Roof, person you. you're thinking of. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. I can't remember these names. Uh, <clears throat> Mason in his siege had this very racist view. He was anti-Christian, kind of like the ONA. So they are very much like contempt for uh, traditional religious power, uh, typical religious ideas, very much racist, the powers in the blood, just like the Nazis. So Mason had that thing. But he also talked about these lone wolf killers. And some of them he actually knew, which is very strange. So there were these, these lone wolf killers, Nazi killers, right-wing killers that uh, he praised in siege. And he, he said that, that's, that those are the ideal people. What a man he called one of these guys. Franklin, who was a real crazy murderer who would drive around and <clears throat> he was against race mixing and he would shoot people on the street and really kind of like a really deceptive killer. He was finally found after giving blood, but he was a horrible person who was involved in the Nazi per- Nazi movement. And there was a couple others who I can't remember right now, but they that was something that was praised. And I think you see that, that trend, even through Mason all the way up to the present, whether it's the guy who did the Christchurch killing, Dylan Roof, the guy in Norway who killed 70 people. Private. Yeah, Breivik. Breivik, yeah. Breivik. So it's really something to be aware of. I think that there's real dangers in these Adam Waffen people, in the ONA, and they're real. I mean, at least if you're like a real true believer in the ONA, you're, the way that it's drafted is you have a 300-year goal to create this galactic imperium and the homo huberati, the people who are unfit have to be done away with. So we can- Basically, what they're, they're talking about this idea of this Nazi idea of a uh... We want to get rid of the Untermensch, you know, Hill the Ubermensch type thing. Right. So it's it's that evolutionary view where, but guess who gets to make the decision? They do. So they make the decision about who comes and goes, and that goes back, and it interplays with the selection process of the op for sacrifice, at least in the ONA. So you're picking out the dross, the, the scum. So if somebody's an over drinker or shows poor character, they've got to go. And so, uh, yeah, it's really a very pernicious set of doctrines. And I think that the people who are, if I looked over, like, there's a very ugly, older, you know, kind of regime, but most of them are very young. They're on the internet all day long. They didn't have access to kind of education. Uh, They're frustrated. They might be on the spectrum. A lot of those guys have, you know, Asperger's or ADHD. There's a lot of that involved. Somebody's been diagnosed. So, well, I think a lot of these people, they're, I don't even know that it's like specifically alone that they may have ADHD or a spectrum disorder, but maybe because of those issues, they're also very alienated or isolated, if that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. Okay. I mean, some of these guys, uh, I think it was Himmelman and Honest Chick were the two guys who were shot. And um, they were actually Adam Waffen members from the Northeast. They came down to Tampa. They were shot by Russell's pal. Uh, but they both had, they had, they were alienated. They were psychologically damaged. They had trouble doing normal stuff. And their parents didn't, you know, there was interviews with the parents of ownership, but they just didn't know how he got involved in that. 
but it was something that he could be involved in was something that gave him meaning. And it was, it was actually very, well, a lot of them, a lot of them have this thing about, um, you know, they, they always talk about uh, hiding their power level, always hide your power level. You know, they, they, they keep a lot of their persona a, away from the view of the people they're closest to, like family or, you, you know, friends. And they almost keep it online or they keep it to people that they already see as agreeing with them. Yeah, no, it's something kind of strange happens. And it's I think it's really something about the Internet, too, where they take on this persona of the powerful you know, Aryan warrior or something, but they have a different life. Like there's, they're not, uh, they're not all machos. There's kind of like stories about transsexuals and homosexuality. Um, so they're this, they might have this ideal for themselves that they didn't realize or are not realizing. So <clears throat> it is, it's really, I mean, if you're a parent, you'll love your kids to be involved in theater, uh, bike racing, anything other than getting involved in far-right politics is the worst. And I think that if you look at it like the same thing happened to the guy whose name I can't remember offhand is like who shot Onishik and Himmel. Like his dad said, I lost my son to the internet. And that's really how... Was that did. the... So that wasn't the kid. One of these people became like a Muslim and then the other Nazis made fun was, of them. I'm going to get his name. I'm going to find it. I have it right here. Uh, but yeah, he was the one. And his dad said, like, Devin Arthurs was his name. And uh, I think he's in jail for the rest of his life. Like, and that's what that's actually kind of ties in JG to the ONA, because one of the things that set him off was Onishuk and Himmelman were making fun of him for trans becoming a Muslim. But he was fall. I think he could have been. I haven't confirmed this, but he could could have been taking on this kind of Mayat like insight role. Right. So he maybe have been following ONA doctrines by, by becoming a Muslim. So there's just one or two more things I wanted to cover. I, I had mentioned earlier that there's a weird Charles Manson connection to all of this. Maybe you could tell us about that. So what happened is Mason reached out to Manson, who had this kind of, uh, you know, he believed in that race war, right? So like the blacks and the whites were going to fight in his group. At least that was his kind of like mythology his group was going to come out of the ashes and they used to go to this place close to death valley in this hole and so he struck up a writing conversation with mason james mason of siege and they became pen pals and then he became integrated into kind of the neo-nazi movement and he became kind of a hero for these adam waffen people and they, there was something called like the international order or something that was created so another group that involved manson and he had this whole idea of kind of like back to nature stuff that the Nazis had is Atwa, air, tree, water, air, something. So they had this kind I think, of thing. I think it stands for all the way around, but also what you said, okay. the air, tree, water. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. It was something like native, nature, back to nature kind of stuff. And actually, when Adam Waffen, before it kind of got wrapped up by the government, finally kind of came, keyed into how dangerous they were, they were going to this hole in the desert of California and doing kind of like, like another pilgrimage, like, Oh, that's where Charlie Manson brought his family. And uh, we're going to go out there and hold, you know, ceremony or have a meeting out there. So uh, yeah. So you can see that in my book, I, I include a lot of the Manson stuff and how, how Mason really saw Manson as kind of a precursor to their work. 
a, a lot of this just seems like um summing it up in, in a lot of ways it just seems like turning anti-social behavior and, and just anti-social thinking in, into like a spiritual exercise i would agree with that i mean i think there's a lot there i think i mean yeah there's a lot of this stuff comes out of the internet but i think that these are disaffected people who have a nihilistic worldview somehow got it and uh this kind of uh, this ideology became something meaningful to them and i think that's important like psychologically for where these teenagers were and how they got involved and they're 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 keeps i like when i updated my book there's just a new young kid who's online who was creating you know crazy posters for threatening people who just got busted again so like it's it seems like that's a very i think that think we're in a gestation stage like i don't think it's going to stop i'm not optimistic so i think that with the kind of dislocation that's happening in societies and uh, covid you know i think that it's going to give birth to a lot of frustrated people a lot of people who are stuck online you know i think that that's like the common kind of element is a lot of these guys are online so i think it's important for people to look at you know maybe not my book or maybe some of these other researchers but keep an eye for this like the per- Giampa was his name who killed his girlfriend's parents. Like they probably had no idea what was coming. They didn't know how dangerous the ideology was playing in this kid's head, Giampa, with guns and violence and, you know, talk, liking Mason online. And I think it's a warning too for parents, for people out there. Same thing happened like when Blaze Bal- Bernstein got killed. His parents had no idea about the threats of this Adam Waffen member. The mom felt like she felt cursed, like she didn't know. And so I think that's kind of the reason why I wrote the book is so, you know, you can memorialize these people who, whose lives were cut short and give them voice and like, hey, this is dangerous, this is bad. You do not want to run into people like this. You want to identify them. Um, and uh, it could cause a lot of misery and the continuing slaughter of the innocents. You know, if that's what their their ideology really is, is kind of like the Nazis. Want to kill yeah, I, I just want to add to that real quick, um, and this will be the last thing we cover. Is I, I think ultimately, you know, there's different sort of segments and iterations of the far right, and I would say that Adam Waffen and associated groups like that represent the farthest end. They don't believe. I mean, they don't believe in any kind of possibility of uh, even. Uh, reforming the system in what they want it to be, which, you know, I, I don't want to see it reformed in their image, but they essentially believe in, in, a, in a revolutionary model. They want to wreck everything. You know, they're, they're, they're along the lines of these characters like um, William Luther Pierce and others like them that, that just think, you know, it's time to burn everything down. Church burnings, everything like that. So that's the uh, common theme is accelerationism. So they're literally trying to destabilize so that they can come out on top at the end. And you can see some of their literature, too, that came out of the Temple of Blood, which crazily supposedly got, you know, supplied by the FBI. I mean, uh, they wrote this book called Iron Gates, which, you know, is like a nihilistic Mad Max world where they're on top guns and violence. And yeah, so, uh, yeah, these are these are very dangerous ideas. So people is there. Is there any question of, um, I'm assuming there's like 
FBI informants and, and questions of Intel connections in this story. Does any of that exist or? No. I mean, just like I talked about earlier, the guy who comes out of the Temple of Blood, uh, he's probably, I mean, I think they was confirmed that in court documents that he was an FBI informant. It was getting, you know, 160,000 over since 1993. But uh, I mean, no, really, I've, people have asked me this question before, like, how much is it my job to really expose these people who are in the far right, you know? So I think that I mean, the guy's name was Joshua Sutter, was the guy from the Temple of Blood. I think, yeah, I mean, you don't want to get your kid involved in these groups because it could be something that was set up by the government. One of the offshoots could be set up. I'm not gonna, I don't want to name it online. One of these offshoots could be clearly set up by the government. So your kid's just going into a place where they're going to wait for the right moment and arrest them and put them away for a long time. So, yeah, that's all I really want to say. Online. I mean, it's a, good, it's a very good question. It's a really good question. Well, I want to thank you, uh, William Ramsey, for coming on Parallax News. How can my listeners uh, keep up with your work? And also, how can they purchase the book, uh, Global Death Cult? If you like a signed copy, you can go to my website, WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. I'd be happy to send you a signed copy. I've been doing a lot of work kind of on a broad, broad, uh, broadcast podcast, which is a real investigative journalism kind of broadcast titled William Ramsey Investigates. So you can check that out on any podcast you'd like. And I have five documentaries on Vimeo and I have five books out on a variety of different subjects you can check out. But thanks for having me, JG. It's great to talk to you. Well, that does it for this edition of Parallax Views. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with William Ramsey, host again of William Ramsey Investigates and author of the book Global Death Cult, The Order of Nine Angles, Adam Waffen, and The Slaughter of the Innocents. As always, if you appreciate the work here I do at Parallax Views, please consider supporting me at patreon.com slash parallaxviews. One more time, that's patreon.com slash parallax views should be posting some new exclusive content the final part of our conversation with these long wars i know it's been a long time long awaited final installment of our discussion on the secret history of george h w bush so if you want to hear that make a five dollar donation or above at patreon.com slash parallaxviews. And with that being said, until next time, you've been listening to Parallax Views with Parallax Views to Parallax Views with The way out is not simply to say don't do it. Just to prohibit. If nothing else, if we don't do it, others will be doing this like crazy. So, you know, we have to confront the problem. But no, basically, basically, I'm, I know of the great anxiety problems, new forms of control, but it's also new forms of freedom. This is why I always emphasize that, uh, uh, internet and all this new digital stuff. It's a very ambiguous phenomenon, but it's the field of struggle. New forms of enslavement, but at the same time, new incredible forms of freedom. We have to accept the fight.
bit no nostalgia for old allegedly more authentic communities or whatever. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid.